Amen. Thank you. Somebody spoke it back. We're going to be a little interactive today, so amens are welcome. And I'm going to give you a few questions. I'm going to tell you the answers a little later on. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies. It's always by my side. Talking about fears today, First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Uh, Peter says, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about what happens to you. And the psalmist, David, in Psalm 55, verse 22, says, Give your burdens to the Lord, and He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. The God of angel armies is always on our side. I love that line. In case you haven't picked up, we're in week two of a sermon series titled, Sharing Jesus Without Fear. We've talked about this being a four-week series where we're kind of interactive, uh, where there's some uncomfortable, where there's some participation. Uh, last week, we laid out the need, the command, the, the charge from Christ to be willing to share our faith. And at the end of it, we, all we did was we said, God, give us a name, give us a face of somebody that we should just be willing to share with. We weren't necessarily saying, all right, this week, would you please make sure they're, they're, they come and we have that opportunity, but just make us willing. And, and that's what this cross is, this reminder. Uh, what we did was when God gave us a name, we came, we wrote it on a sticky note, and we put it on the cross. We did that as the reminder for ourselves to, to remember that it's not us who draws somebody to the Lord, but it's the Holy Spirit. It's God working in them, and it's just us being willing to share being willing to speak when God gives us opportunity. And I thought, personally, for me, it was a powerful week. I got to sit there and watch as this cross was practically covered with names. Uh, and I encourage you guys, if, if more names have come up this past week, take time today to, to go and pin more on. We've got more, uh, we've got more sticky notes. We've got more pens. So do that. Now, I told you last week that uh, about 90 to 95% of Christians have not shared their faith in the last year. And I would argue, I would guess, that if you asked any of those 90 to 95% of Christians who have not shared why, I would guess the conversation would start with, well, I haven't shared because I am afraid of... I haven't shared because there's this fear in me that... And we've got a basket full of reasons. Thank you for being willing to share that. So I want to tell you the story as found in Scripture, that may address that concern. We'll start in Genesis, we'll end in Revelation, and we'll hit some key parts in between. You can just enjoy the story here, because the story goes of a man named Abram, who one day God said to him, Hey, Abram, I want you to leave your home. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your country. Go to the place where I'm going to show you. Now, did Abram worry? We don't know. Did he wait till he found renters for his tent? Until he found the storage unit for those extra camels and those great Persian rugs that he was keeping. We don't know. All scripture tells us is that Abraham departed as the Lord instructed him. And then we get to see the story of all these uh, fun little occurrences that took place with Abram. He went down to Egypt and he and his wife had some occurrences down there. And then he and his nephew, Lot, they split ways. And then he had to go and rescue Lot when Lot was captured. And, and on the way back from that, he, he got blessed by this guy named Melchizedek. And, and all these things were taking place. And in the midst of it, God gives this guy a vision. 
God shows up. And you want to know what he tells Abram? Genesis 15.1, God says, Do not be afraid, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. Do not be afraid. Now, if you're a kid doing a children's bulletin, the assignment is to mark down every time I say fear or afraid. You guys are going to be busy today. Okay? Do not be afraid. Abram's story continued as he later tried to access God's promise for a son through his wife's servant, Hagar. Now, he got the son. It wasn't the promised son that God had said he would have, but he also got a lot of headache with that. His wife was pretty persistent. Due to that persistence, Abram shooed off. He sent away this son, and he sent off Hagar into the wilderness. Now, they wandered there aimlessly. And eventually their water supply ran out. As you can imagine, in the wilderness, that was scary for a mom and her son. Now the mom was shooken up a bit. And she didn't want her son to see her crying, so she kind of put him down. And she went somewhere else to cry. She also didn't want to see him die. Scripture tells us this. Now the boy was also crying. And the Bible tells us that God heard their tears. And an angel of God called down to Hagar. Want to know what he said? This angel? He said, Hagar! Do not be afraid, for God has heard your tears. So you jump back to Abram again, and and Abram did get the son that God promised him. His name was Isaac. Now Isaac grew up a bit, went into another country, started having some issues with land rights, with the locals, and, and God shows up to Isaac in a vision. You know what God says? He says, I'm the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and I will bless you. So Isaac grows up, has a son named Jacob who grows up and has this tent full of kids. Twelve boys, at least more girls. Now his favorite wife, Rachel, uh, was having labor. She was in labor. She was having a very hard delivery. Things were looking pretty bleak. Now, uh, as was the custom back in those days, the dad was outside the tent because they didn't let him into the delivery room. Anybody know that? Any dads not going to delivery room? Every dad did? Bill didn't. Okay, good. Well, that was like right at the same time as Jacob's wife was giving birth, right? I'm sorry. Anyways, dad was outside the tent. You're in the middle of the delivery room. And the midwife speaks to Rachel, this, this, uh, this woman having a hard time in delivery. And she says, do not be afraid. You have another son. The son was named Benjamin. He became a, a favored son of Jacob. Now, Jacob's other favored son was named Joseph. I think a lot of us are familiar with his story. He did not have the easiest of lives. Okay, his brothers were kind of mean to him. They sold him to, to slave traders. He ended up in Egypt, spent years in jail for crimes he didn't commit, spent most of his life away from his family. And Joseph ended up saving Egypt and the surrounding areas from the seven-year famine. And the brothers eventually came because food ran out in their country, too, to get food from Joseph. But they didn't know it was Joseph. Now, Joseph toyed with them a little bit. They left with food the first time. He put money in their sacks. And, and the next time, he, he put his favored silver cup in their sacks. And they would come back. And, and they said, we don't know. What, I mean, what's going on? They were just terrified. You know what the household manager said to them? Genesis 43. Do not be afraid. 
Your God, the God of your father, must have put the treasure back in your sacks because I received your payment. Joseph's dad and the brother's dad eventually died. Now, the brothers expected some, uh, some retaliation, some revenge from Joseph, as they should have expected that. So they came to him, they bowed down, we're your servants, we're your slaves. And Joseph's response to them, somebody should know it by now, do not be afraid. Am I God that I should punish you? What you intended for harm, God intended for good. Do not be afraid. This is a repeated command, and that's just the book of Genesis. Let's keep going. Let's hit Exodus. Okay? God has given the Israelite people the Ten Commandments, and God himself speaks from the top of the mountain to the people, and the people are terrified, and Moses hollers out, Fear not! God's doing this. He's come this way to you so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. That's Exodus chapter 20. Move forward a little bit and you see Moses sending out the spies into the promised land to explore the land that God told them he would give them. What was his parting words to them before he sent them out? Leviticus chapter 1. Look, God has placed this land in front of you. Go and occupy it. Because he said it's going to be yours. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Moses would gather the people at different times and he'd tell them the regulations and the rules and requirements that God had for the people. And and he came to this part about going into battle, about going into war. And he said to them, when you go out to fight your enemies and when you face horses and chariots and an army that is greater than yours, do not be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt is with you. Deuteronomy chapter 20. Multiple times Moses had to tell the people that. There was one time when he called his, his successor, his mentor, uh, Joshua. He, he called him and, and in front of all of Israel. The scripture says they watched. And he told him, be strong and courageous. For you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to give their ancestors. You are the one who will divide it amongst them. Fear not. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you, nor abandon you. Fear not. He's going to be with you. He'll never abandon you. He'll go ahead of you. People of First Church, do you believe that God tells you that same thing? Three of you do. Good. Okay? I'm going to ask that again. Okay, God told Joshua through Moses, I will never leave you. I will go ahead of you. I won't fail you or abandon you. People of First Church, do you believe that God gives you those same promises? Yes. yes. Has he promised to never leave you or forsake you? Yes. Gives you the same challenge today when it comes to sharing our faith. Do not be afraid. Joshua must have learned from Moses because as he's telling the people before they go out to this battle at Ai, he says, don't be afraid. That's Joshua chapter 8. Other times when the people go to battle, Joshua tells them, fear not. That's Joshua chapter 10. Now just listen to this list of other times it happens. The guy named Gideon. Okay, Gideon's going to be the judge of Israel. God tells him that. He's going to be the person to free Israel from their enemies. And all of a sudden, Gideon realizes, I'm having a conversation with God. This is not going to end well. Judges chapter 6, he says, I'm doomed. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord replied, it's all right. Do not be afraid. You will not die. 
This same command, fear not, was given to the prophet Eli's daughter-in-law as she was about to die in childbirth. It was given to the people of Israel during Samuel's farewell address. Fear not is what Elijah told the widow when he said, go and make some bread for me, for you, for your son. You'll have enough. Fear not is what Elisha told his servant when his servant woke up and saw the enemy surrounding him. Remember that line? Fear not, for those who are with us are so much more than those who are against us. Fast forward the story just a little bit and you see King David talking to Solomon. He says, be strong and courageous. Do the work. Do not fear for the Lord my God is with you. The prophet Isaiah repeatedly told the Israelite people that. As did Jeremiah and Joel and Hosea and Zechariah and Malachi and this man named Daniel. Daniel and the lion's den. He had a vision and he wrote down what he saw. Daniel chapter 10, it says, Then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. Fear not, he said, for you are precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. People of First Church, what we're seeing is an Old Testament, a First Testament littered with, graffitied with, plastered with the command to fear not. Is that command still for us today? Yes, it is. Then why should we be afraid when we share our faith? Why, when we're stuck in the sin of silence, should our conversation start with, well, I didn't share because I was afraid of Does the God of the Old Testament change? Does he still keep his promises? Does he say the same things in the New Testament? Maybe that's just the Old Testament God. Fear not. Maybe the New Testament God says something different. I don't think so. Okay, here's the the time. I'm going to ask you some questions, and you're going to answer back with two words. Fear not. Okay, so let's practice. Repeat after me. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Now say it like you mean it. Fear not. I like that. That decibel right there. Okay, it's going to be very simple. You, I realize there may be some fear of proclaiming that out loud at the wrong time. So I'll just go like this, and you say, fear not, okay? Because, it, it, yeah, I'd be scared of saying that at the wrong time, right? So if I ask you a question, I go like this, what do you do? Fear not. Thank you. I heard that, okay? So we're looking, we're looking New Testament now. What did the angel say to Zacharias as he prayed for a son? He says, for God has heard your prayer and your wife will have a son and you will call him John. What did the angel say to Mary when when he came to her and said, you're going to have a baby even though you've never been with a man? What did the angel say to Joseph as Joseph found out that his fiance was pregnant? What did the angels in the the field say to the shepherds as they proclaimed great tidings of great joy? Okay, Jesus in his ministry told the crowds, do not be afraid of those who can kill your body. Only fear those who can touch your soul. He told Simon Peter right after this miraculous catch that James and John helped pull in. He said, do not be afraid for from now on you will be fishing for men. Here it is again. What did Jesus tell Jairus when the people came and told him, hey, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter has died. He said to them, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. What did Jesus tell his disciples when they were worried about what's going to happen to them? 
fear not because you're more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. What did the angels tell the women who went to the tomb after the crucifixion three days later? They, they went there and they said to him, them what? Fear not. fear not. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's no longer here. He's alive. Three decades later, the apostle John is, is on the island of Patmos. And he too has a vision. Revelation chapter 1. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and the grave. Do not Be afraid. Fear not. This is the most repeated command in Scripture. Most scholars put it somewhere over 300 times. Some say it's even in there 365 times. Okay? You make the connections between the amount of days in a year and how many times God may need to tell you to fear not. Are you willing to heed this command? Are you willing to trust that the God of scriptures who promised to never leave you nor forsake you, to not abandon you, are you willing to trust that he's going to give you the right words when it comes time and opportunities arise to share your faith? Are you willing to fear not? I'm going to invite Tim and the worship team back up. We're going to sing another song, and and then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the fears that uh, ended up in the basket. Let me pray. God, what a command that is to fear not, to do not be afraid. It's so much easier said than done. I'll admit that. I'll confess that, Lord, I have fears. And I have a lot of the same fears that ended up in this pink basket that our people here have expressed. But God, this morning, I want to grab a hold of your charge to not be afraid. I want to walk around in the humility that you ask us to have, yet with a confidence that you promise to give. And I want to ask that, Lord, you'd give the same to these people here. We don't know when opportunities are going to arise to share our faith. We need to just be willing to share. God, take any crippling uh, fear away. Prepare us for those opportunities. Help us grab a hold of the promise and the charge that is throughout Scripture. God, as we sing this song again, Whom Shall I Fear? I ask that the words would sink into our heart and that it would remind us of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Tell you what, after hearing some of what Scripture says about do not be afraid, that song has a little bit more power. Amen? All right, so here's where we're going to mess with people. Normally, after I speak, we sing a song and then I dismiss you. Just take a deep breath. We're not going to dismiss quite yet. We're going to actually talk about some of the concerns and fears that came up in our basket um, and maybe address one or so that didn't, although I didn't get to read them all. I want to invite up Doug, Heather, and Elena. As I mentioned last week, Doug and Heather have been... Doug, did I say Heather? I said Heather. Oh. Nathan, Doug and Nathan uh, have been pivotal in in, uh, helping shape this series, and uh, what's that? I did not not call you a girl. (laughs) We want to hear from uh, just from people amongst you guys. I mean, I can stand and talk, uh, and honestly... Oftentimes you'll listen, sometimes you'll realize that you've heard me talk probably close to 400 times, so it's, it's good to hear other voices also. So we want to just, just discuss, These are, this is not a panel of experts, this is not uh, people who have studied this and know exactly what they're going to say and how they're going to say it and, and answer all these cares and concerns and worries and everything, um, but they're just going to lay out maybe what's on their heart when it comes to some of these fears. Uh, so, Doug, you've got the mic first. So, uh, one, <laughs> going to give it away. One of the fears that came up in here was a fear of being rejected. Uh, to anybody in here who would have written that, uh, what would your encouragement be? What would your response be? Yeah, well, I could certainly relate to that fear. That's certainly a fear of mine as well. Um, I'm a people pleaser, so I'm always worried on, or concerned about people's reaction towards me. Always worried about the initial um, outcomes that I don't know what's going to happen, uh, the ones you can't control. Uh, so what I always remind myself, of, if I have that opportunity, is first, um, you know, I'm calling to be obedient. If I have that opportunity to share the message, to share the faith of Christ, I'm called to be obedient. So to pursue that first and foremost. And then second, like the song says, I'm not doing that alone. I'm not sharing the message alone. I have the Holy Spirit right with me. I can rely on him to speak through me. And that whatever I say, God's going to use. He's going to use it for his will, too. So I'd say just try to focus on the outcomes you do know. You'll be obedient. And also, which is probably even more important, um, is the fact, uh, not only the obedience, but um, I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) See, I'm not great at talking in front of people, so I'm just trying to give you a little more encouragement. (laughs) Um, uh, But also the fact that that God's just going to use that. God's going to use that. Um, you're obedient and, you know, just trust the rest with him. Okay. Very good. Very legitimate fear of being rejected. Nathan, you happen to have it next. Um, Nathan, you work for a secular company, FedEx. Okay. Yes. And uh, a fear that was probably in there somewhere, but I didn't have time to read them all, was um, I don't know if I can share with my coworkers. How, how would you address that? Well, I started thinking about this last night. Um, as James and I were talking about this, and I started adding up how many conversations I've had in the last year with my work group, which is about 10 people um, that are spiritually related. And it's probably a good three quarters of my work group that we've had some sort of spiritual conversation. Have we talked about Jesus at all? Uh, No, but we've had that spiritual conversation. And a lot of that is because, well, I'm afraid. 
I'm afraid with what they will think. I'm afraid of what they will feel. And, you know, really, fear is something that's very real, and we have to acknowledge it. And the biggest thing that's important here is to pray and to realize that Jesus is going to open those opportunities to share with the people that I work with when it's the right time. So instead of going into the situation saying, you know, I want to share my faith with my boss, well, that's great, but I should really be saying, Jesus, I want to share my faith with my boss. Please please open that opportunity for that to happen, and please give me the strength to go through with it. Um, Another thing that I thought about is that, you know, working for a secular company, if we had a uh, conversation in the workplace about this is how you follow Jesus, if it was known, we would be in trouble, honestly, because it's against the HR rules to talk about religion. Um, However, it's not against the rules to talk about life. And, you know, if Jesus is part of my life, which he is, and it's a relationship that I have, then if I'm living transparently, my coworkers are going to see that. And it gives me the opportunity to say, well, I don't work in an office. Let's have a cyber date sometime or, you know, pick up the phone and call them on lunch or whatever, and let's talk. Uh, And listening to their side of the conversation and being open to what the Spirit leads when we talk. Good. Very good answer. Very good. Elena, one of the fears that came up was uh, with our friends. Uh, We're kind of afraid of maybe what our friends will think. How would you, I mean, what's the response to that? Uh, well, if we're, if we're being honest with each other, there is always the possibility that you could lose a friend. That's just, let's just put it out there. And it, that's terrible and sad. Um, but there's also the possibility that we'll touch their lives and, and, and they'll, get, they'll come to know Jesus. And that's amazing. Why do you give me the microphone? Why do you do that? Uh, you know what? Your husband gave it to you, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, there's this fear of, well, what if my friend doesn't want to hang out with me anymore? Or what if, what if they don't like me? Or what if they think less of me because of, because of my faith? And, um, and then you have to ask yourself, what if my friend were to die without knowing Jesus? Isn't that more important than the, taking the, the, the chance that they might not want to hang out with me anymore? Great response. Great response. Hang on to the mic just so we get, so we get your questions Let's done. Let's get it all out. Let's get it out of the way. One of the questions, uh, actually one of the several of the responses was uh, there's a fear of not knowing enough. Um, legitimate fear. Uh, this is a thick book and I think the, the concern might be, well, we need to know everything in here. How would you address that? Um, you can't. You can't, can't have an answer to every question. And that's okay. It's okay to say in conversation, you know, I, I don't know how to answer you on that, um, but let's pray about it. Or, you know, I, I don't know how to answer that question, um, and I'm sorry, but uh, it, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe what's more important is that not that um, there are, your perceived inconsistencies in the Bible, but rather the overarching message of God's love for you. Um, 
maybe those those little nitpicky things that that people like to to find are not so important um, and and to be okay with saying i don't know um, or saying you know let's find out together great great response great response nathan there you, you made it elena <laughs> I, I think one of the, uh, we're going to skip your second question because I think we already addressed it. Um, Nathan, one of, the, one of the most repeated in here, at least that I was seeing, was I don't know how. I'm afraid to share because I don't know how. What would you say? Besides, well, come back the next two weeks and we'll try <laughs> and teach you. Well, I will say that. Um, but I can kind of agree with that here um, because often I've said, you know, my memory is bad on where things are in Scripture. Um, so if somebody came to me and said, you know, what does the Bible say about this? I'll know the gist of what the Bible says about it, but I won't know where to find it um, unless I have Google <laughs> next to me. Um, I guess that's true. I always do have Google with me. Um, but uh, the biggest thing that I think that is important in this idea of I don't know how to share my faith um, is realizing that we're not sharing this systematic approach, although we will talk about a systematic approach to sharing our faith in the next few weeks. Um, we're really talking about sharing a relationship. Um, and it may sound hokey, um, but sharing a relationship and what a relationship means to you is a lot easier than saying, you know, here's the 10 steps that you're going to take to finding Jesus. It's a lot easier to say to uh, a friend who's hurting that, you know, I've been through that. I, I know that there's this hurt, and I know that Jesus is there with you if you ask him to be with you because you know that relationship, and you can share wholeheartedly from that relationship and be more real. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? That does. Okay. That does. Yeah. Um, oh, that would just be... I won't do that. Um, you want to answer? You're good. I'm good. You're good. Okay. Uh, if you're looking at your bulletin, you, you saw that it says we're going to burn our fears. Um, I don't think we should light this one on fire. And, and I, I was going to test it this week to see if the sprinklers would come on. So I didn't have a chance to test it. But what I want to do, I, I want to, again, invite Tim up to play a little bit and invite the worship team up. We're going to sing one more song. Um, I want to just lay these out well, I'm going to keep them in the basket. We're going to lay them on the, on the communion table as a bit of a, a sacrifice to God. Um, you know, there, there were animal sacrifices, there were grain sacrifices, and they oftentimes involved flame, and you could just, you could experience them fully. Um, we want to, we want to let you know that these fears are legitimate, okay? Uh, but God is bigger than our fears. So we want to lay these on the table. We want to, we want to spend just a little time in our own hearts uh, confessing our fears to God, maybe what we wrote, and, uh, and asking him to, uh, to begin working on them in us. Uh, in a few moments, Tim and the team will lead us in a, in a final song. Um, so let's, uh, let's do that. Let's go before the Lord. I'll pray, and then we'll have some time and quiet where we can each individually pray. Lord God, I do thank you again for this morning and the opportunity to, in a laid-back way, uh, talk about our fears, uh, talk about our concerns of, of sharing our faith. God, hopefully just the conversation 
uh, in the last uh, Sunday morning, this one and last week, is, is breaking down some of those fears. And hopefully, God, the uh, reminder from Scripture today that you have commanded us, do not fear, is breaking down some of those fears as well. So, Lord, we give you our fears. Uh, right here in this pink basket on this communion table, uh, we offer them to you. And as you made countless sacrifices in the Old Testament, uh, pleasing to you, I ask that you would turn our fears into a worthy sacrifice for you. We ask over the next few moments, Lord, as, as, we, uh, as we listen to your Spirit, that you would, uh, that you would bring us peace and comfort, um, God, and courage, as you remind our hearts of the command to not be afraid.